Hi, I'm Julianne. And I'm Nika. This is Only Slightly Dead Inside, a podcast that puts the fun in functional depression. We are still not doctors, trained therapists, or medically licensed in any way. Nope. Nope. Just still regular people. Um, just like you, unless you are listening to this and you are a doctor or a trained therapist, in which case, um, congrats on getting through all that school. Yes, seriously, that's very awesome. And also, if you are that kind of person and you're listening and you've got feedback, please tell us. If you're any kind of person who's listening and you've got feedback, please tell us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Anyway, hi. Hi. This is uh, actually take two of this episode because... We went down a road for a while, and then both of us couldn't find our way into the nucleus of what we wanted to talk about, and spent about 20 minutes spiraling and getting into our own heads, and then, uh, yeah, so that raw audio is basically the church bells that happen outside my house at noon, and then us going, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know. We started out with a good idea to talk about, sort of the idea of deserving happiness and how people feel about that, how we feel about that. And then we just sort of talked in a circle for a bit and ran out of steam. And then we both kind of started feeling bad, I think. And then I was like, well, what if we just talk about that? Why don't we just talk about what's going on right now with this sort of, this is the first time we kind of hit a wall in terms of sitting down in front of the mics and not kind of exploding with what we want to talk about. There's so many things we still want to talk about, but every previous episode, we've had like a pretty specific concept that we're talking around. And this one, we're just having trouble getting into. Is it because it's too close? It almost feels like I don't know how to be helpful when I talk about the concept of deserving to be happy because it feels like such a huge idea. I don't know how to be helpful and honest at the same time. Right. About this. Right. That's something to like walk around for a little bit is everyone views happiness in a different way. Like happiness feels like such an empty word. Yeah, I think people can latch on to specific things that make them feel happy. But happiness as a concept and like a life goal is very large. The thing I think about is separating the micro and the macro. Yeah. Of happiness. And... If if I do these X, Y, Z things that help the micro of my happiness, shouldn't they make a dent in the macro? Should. But they don't. I get caught up in both sides of this because I'm able to sometimes really be good at the micro stuff and kind of link that together and feel that I am quote unquote happy overall for a time. And then... The times when I am not able to deal with those micro things or not make those micro things happen, I am extra hard on myself because I know I'm capable of doing it somewhere in the back of my head and I'm not working hard enough to earn my happiness. So why would I deserve it anyway? Right. I know what that sounds like. Trust me. (laughs) No, but it sounds like it's you just articulated it so perfectly, though. If I'm not working that hard, why would I deserve it? And that, honestly, that applies to so many different concepts in my life, but it really overall, I think, sums up my struggle with being quote unquote happy. And the idea that like you could deserve anything just by existing. Yeah, that blows my mind. I, is, and I believe it about, I believe it about other people. I believe it about other people. A friend of mine, one of my 
good friends from camp when her daughter was born um and we were all over at her apartment when she first came home and staring at her and doing the like yay new baby things and i will never forget her saying look all of these people they don't even know you and they love you just because you're here like why can't i afford myself the same benefit of the doubt yeah i wish i had an answer to that i talked about a lot about. well I wasn't like specifically no asking. I know but I'm just just in discussing the rhetorical I wish I had any sort of answer for that I I feel like I ask myself constantly why I can't be nicer to myself and as charitable to myself as I am to other people I don't know why are the standards that I hold for myself so different than the standards that I expect from people around me yeah, I don't know where we got that from. I mean, I'm sure both of our therapists have a really good idea, but yeah, it's not therapists' job to say here is why. Yeah, they're, they're just supposed to provide you the uh, the road to walk down and write the map yourself. You're your own personal cartographer. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. This is terrible. I am terrible. See, now I'm going to just beat myself up. No, this is not terrible at all. I just laugh at the random vocabulary that gets uh, thrown in here. If we had audio of us editing this podcast. It would be really funny. We're constantly yelling at ourselves, not at each other. No. At ourselves. I hear myself stumble over something and I'm like, God, Jay, God, shut up. And you do the same thing. You're always like sneaks. Yeah. Depression is an asshole. It makes you yell at yourself. So much yelling at yourself. So much. I don't know. It's the setting of impossible standards that I kind of want to go back to. Applying a different set of standards to yourself than you apply to other people. Even people you expect a lot from and who always deliver. What is the use of setting yourself apart in a way that you're just setting yourself up to fail and so it's your own self-fulfilling prophecy that proves that you're a terrible person and don't deserve happiness what is that is that anything I don't know I went through something this week um where basically because of the way that my day job works they're pretty cool about me running running out for quick auditions and then coming back. And it's really nice. And I'm very grateful that they let me do that. And there's a a rehearsal for something that I am doing this week. And there were a whole bunch of emails about scheduling these things. And it's like I was the only one with a lot of weird scheduling problems because I was the only one that had like a day job to work around. And it made me feel awful. And then I spent like a day and a half beating myself up for something that is absolutely not my fault. But it was like, and here's another reason that you don't deserve to be happy. Nobody else is loading that thought but me. I'm the one making that loaded. And I'm the one allowing it to erode. It's like I don't deserve to be happy as long as this is the case. Well, I think that goes along with your standard for yourself, which is happy to be here, easy to work with. Right. And that probably in your brain makes you seem like you're not. Yeah. That I am difficult. You're not difficult at all. That I'm being difficult. Like I want to be honest, 
but I don't want to be depressing. Except sometimes the real thing is depressing. Mm -hmm. I think that's what made us, what made it hard for us to start this episode today. I'm feeling pretty defeated overall this week. I'm very tired and it's hard to be honest about that in a way that I feel like people are going to want to listen to you and not just be like, who is this fucking sad sack? (laughs) I don't find you to be a sad sack. Thank you. Maybe the reason that it's difficult to talk about is because it's so, um, it's so right at the surface. And if it's right at the surface for you, then it's going to be there for somebody else as well. That, that is probably true. And so somebody else hearing anybody put words to what they might be feeling maybe makes them feel not so very alone in their feels. I certainly hope so. That's why we're still doing this, even though I'm like hating every word that comes out of my mouth. Well, yeah, you just, you can't be like, stop feeling that way because that's not helpful. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But at the same time, like shit's got to get done. So yeah, sometimes I'm just like, get over yourself. It's fine. Like nothing's wrong. It's fine. And then that's a whole other spiral of getting mad at myself. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot of getting mad at so oneself. There's so much getting mad. That's I think that's why I'm so tired this week. I've, I'm so exhausted you, of being mad at myself. Have you wasted a lot of time and mental energy being mad at yourself? I have. I have. There was a great campaign. It was people reading to their best friend stuff that their friend has said about themselves. And people just broke down in tears because we're all so mean to ourselves. And you would never want to say those things to your best friend it was a really interesting exercise on how we all talk to ourselves. It made me feel better that other people are so mean to themselves as I am mean to myself. But why are we all so mean to ourselves? What's the point? I don't know. It's not like talking about it right this minute is going to stop it forever. That, I guess, is something that I have to let go. It's like, well, if we've talked about it or we've done an episode about it, then it's like, I can check mark this thing and it's done. But that's not true. I don't know. It's not true. There's no sort of finishing. You're always going to be figuring out your relationship with yourself and how you talk to yourself. And it's hard to readjust those grooved in patterns and I know that they say like, well, you wouldn't you wouldn't say things like that to your best friend or you wouldn't say things like that, you know, speak to yourself with the same kind of kindness and care and generosity that you do to your best friend or to anyone else in your life or to someone you love. How many more years of practice do we have speaking to other people in a polite way versus how many years have we spent speaking to ourselves the way we speak to ourselves? It is unrealistic to say after... I'm 36 years old. It's unrealistic for me to be like, well, stop talking to yourself like that. I've been doing it for a really long time and it takes practice. You have to actually stop yourself, stop your own thoughts and argue with them to even like have a chance of fighting your way out of it. And some days I can do that. But like I said, I'm fucking exhausted this week. I've been completely incapable of that. Every time I say something shitty to myself, I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. And here's I want the, a nap. Right. And here's the empirical evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's back to, it's back to my airtight argument. It's, it's not airtight. But it's totally airtight. And mm. here is why this, it, drives my, it drives my therapist bonkers. He hates it. He hates it when I do this. Because, and he'll also sometimes look at me and be like, how are you going to wriggle your way out of this one? And then I do. And he's like, I don't. <laughs> like, well, you can't, you can't argue with like a, 
a negative hypothetical. Like there's just, when you frame these arguments with yourself, it's actually impossible to disprove. Yeah. So I become this conspiracy theorist that's like photos with pushpins in them and red string tying everything together, except it's not like this thing happened when you were four. And so that's how this relates to this thing. It's, it's more specific events from the week or specific events from recent history that just add to the rubber band ball of reasons why I am terrible. Yeah, it's it's the dark web of the mind. <laughs> do you do you correlate things that are actually unrelated? 1000% because if the way I feel doing one activity is the same way I feel doing something else and it's all terrible, then clearly, you know, it's the thing that if everybody around you is an asshole, then you're the asshole. I just find all of the ways that the only possible explanation is that I'm the asshole. You're the missing, you're the link. You're the common link between all of these things that you've decided are 100% facts. Uh Uh-huh. And in wanting so badly to not be the asshole, I work three times as hard to try to convince myself that maybe I'm not the asshole, except here's why you are. And here's why everyone, you know, rolls their eyes when they see you coming. Or here's why. But then that also balloons anything you can bring together as proof of your like cockamamie theory, you will like, and that's not you, Nika, that's you, all of us. Yeah. So I Um, guess we're all me as well. We're all conspiracy theorists. We are. We're all conspiracy theorists about ourselves and the conspiracy, like the, the like hidden secret is that I am terrible. (laughs) The conspiracy theory is that I am terrible. There's nobody else in on the conspiracy. We're each the only one in our own conspiracy. And when you say the conspiracy out loud, much like with actual conspiracy theorists, you are met with a pretty blank stare. (laughs) You sound like a tinfoil hat person. I know. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm a tinfoil hat person about some things that I feel are legitimately tinfoil hatty. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is also why I feel therapy is useful for literally everybody. Because sometimes when you say the things out loud, you're like, oh, well, that that doesn't That's sound like legit, a, not a thing. No, it's legit. Not a thing. Yeah. No. Or sometimes you say it out loud and you're like, see, this sound and right. it, and this it seems like, reasonable. Why does this makes it more concrete? Totally. Oh, man. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Because the things that we that are positive or that are, are grounding, fluke. they're a fluke. They're very hard to hold on to. Or you just sort of discount them. Mm -hmm. Because it's only one little stone on the scale. That side. Yeah. And I'm a person who is always focused on the thing that is, that's not good. I mean, that's, I naturally am that person. I want to fix the thing that's not good or that I feel is right or whatever. So the things that are good and right are sort of gone from the list. They're Mm -hmm. just, they are default fine. So rather than viewing those things as like a positive to offset the negative, it's just like they just don't exist. Right. It's not a yes and. No. It's a yes but. Yes. Yes. Exactly. It is. Every time it's yes but. Yes but. Yes, I accomplished these things, but I'm still terrible. Right. Or yes, I accomplished these things, but of course I did. They weren't that hard. Oh, wow. That's hard. This thing wasn't hard. Therefore, it's not valuable. Which goes back to an earlier conversation we had about needing to do hard things in the hardest way possible has some sort of inherent value. And just having that as a like underlying viewpoint really makes it hard to 
be a cheerleader for yourself when things are good, even if they weren't that quote unquote difficult to achieve. And I guess since happiness is not supposed to be difficult, then it, it almost weighs less. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it. That's true. And also once I accomplish, I feel happy when I accomplish a thing, but then it's for like 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. To be happy about accomplishing something for as long as it took me to accomplish it, like plus one day. Well, that's how do you even quantify that? I don't know. And I didn't get that far. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. How do you quantify that? Also, just like it goes back to the you can't force yourself to feel happy if that's not how you're feeling. I do think there's merit in, in kind of arguing with yourself about these things. But like I said, I'm it doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. I'm trying to think of a time where it did. When I when I argue with myself over these things, my goal is not to feel ecstatic about a thing that is either neutral or that I feel negative about. My goal is to stop fixating on it in that moment or just like let it go enough. And that I can do. It's sort of a like I just have to get this out of my brain enough to just either agree to disagree or just sort of let it go so I can go do X, Y, Z, so I can go to sleep or go to work or whatever it is. Compartmentalizing is sort of the best I can do sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I try to actually hold on to that as a victory because that's not always easy either. The arguing with yourself, I wonder if anybody can really f- deeply feel those conspiracy theories and argue with themselves and actually come out disagreeing and being like oh actually actually i I am amazing i have every reason to be happy yeah i don't think that's real i don't think people do that like i don't think you flip that switch like that no i don't i mean if you can if you know how to do that well i just think if you know how to do that you probably are like that anyway i think that there is something to be said for trying to like note the victories as they go along and then maybe being able to reflect on it and add those up together. But that's not the same thing as refuting yourself in like a heated moment and being able to completely turn it around. The goal of crisis text line is to bring people from like a crisis moment to like a cooler moment. And that's the sort of the same, I think, idea with this. It's not that it's trying to fix your problem or fix the problem, but it's just in those trying to neutralize those moments a bit. So don't feel as heinous. But when you have a lot of those moments in short amount of time. It's, it's hard to n- not think that that's the true default and everyone else knows something that you don't. How do I talk myself out of these? I don't yet. I'm not there yet. I don't know. I guess I wish I had a coping mechanism that I believed So I could like kick myself out of it faster, but it's like, I just have to wait for it to pass. I think that that's valid, honestly. And like I was saying before, best case scenario is that I compartmentalize it, but really that's sort of about waiting for it to pass in a way. It depends where I am. You know, I've been in this situation where I start to melt down on the subway and I'm just like, get your shit together. Don't be the crying girl on the subway. And that's enough for the moment because my goal is just to get my shit together or that backfires and I just start yelling at myself and then it gets bad. I'm definitely the crying girl in the subway. I, I, like, I did that yesterday. I was just listening to a song that made me sad and I started crying in the subway. But I also like that's why I, I keep tissues in my purse for a number of reasons because um, I get bloody noses a lot and it's awkward to not have a tissue when that happens. But also, I don't know. I try to give other people the same kindness for when they are the crying girl on the subway to just like hand them a tissue and not 
take it any further. That's amazing. That somebody did that for me once and I thought it was just so it made me feel so good in a very shitty moment because you don't want people to be like, are you okay? No, no, no. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Like unless somebody seems like they need medical assistance, asking if they're okay is not helpful. No, no. Um, But just handing them a tissue and sitting back down. I mean, helpful. I like that as a metaphor, honestly, for how to deal with this. Sometimes the best you can do is hand yourself a tissue and sit down. That's good. Only Slightly Dead Inside is Julianne Bilker and Nika Lanzaroni. Our theme song, Motown Mo Problems, was composed by Joel B. New and Robbie Roselle designed our logo. Find and follow us on all the social medias by searching Slightly Dead Pod, and be sure to check out our website, slightlydeadpod.com. We will be there. If you are in crisis or feel like you might be a danger to yourself or someone else, please turn this off and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text the crisis text line at 741-741. Someone is always there to hear you and you are worth hearing. It's true. It's true. Bye. There's so much about reorganizing. Ugh, fuck, I can't figure out what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs>